0: Fifty episodes, three hours of content, one huge event. It's the Politics Weekly 50th episode, now available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You're listening to Politics Weekly. Two uh, be big underdogs, uh, in the race, uh, for the, uh, the presidency. One of them is, uh, joining me today. We cannot survive all those systems. What's gonna happen if you legalize it completely? Politics Weekly is a podcast on politics, news, and principles.
1: Nolan. Hello. Hi, how are you?
0: Good, how are you? I'm good. All right, you ready to uh start?
1: I am. Sorry about the uh delay. I'm still a little technically challenged with
0: anchor. Oh, that's alright. All right, um, why don't we uh get started in three, two, one. Okay everyone, welcome back to Politics Weekly. We're here with the fifty first episode. Uh, and, uh, this week, um, we, uh, are here, um, uh, with, uh, sorry, what was your first name again? It's Kiana. Kiana. We're here with Kiana from the still, uh, ungrateful podcast. Is that right? Get that, that is correct. All right. Um, uh, so why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your podcast? What do you do on the still ungrateful podcast?
1: First, I want to congratulate you on having your 50th episode. I was listening to the episode yesterday. That's a huge feat. Um, So congratulations there. As far as my um, podcast, I talk mainly about politics, but I try to come from more like the culture of politics and it has a left-leaning stance to it because I'm a staunch Democrat. Um, And a little more of my background, I do freelance writing on the side on top of my full-time job that I have. Um, and I've been published in a variety of places from, like, The Hill. I've been on The Federalist. I've been on um, The Griot, Bus.com, um, Charleston, um, Gazette Mail, and uh, plenty of other places. And I ha- actually have a degree in political science from American Military University. So I just decided, you know what, since I've been doing all this freelance writing, I might as well also start podcasting as well.
0: Uh, all right, uh- Why don't we uh, jump into the news then? Uh, So the Democratic uh, primary field continues uh, to grow, uh, but uh, it looks like it might be getting a tad bit smaller. Uh, One candidate has officially dropped out. Uh, California Congressman Eric Swalwell announced on Monday that he will be exiting uh, the race uh, for the presidency. the uh, the 38 year old Democrat uh, tried to run on a platform of generational change uh, and tried to uh, make gun control a major part of his platform. However, the young uh, congressman uh, did not seem to uh, make a lot of ground, uh, as he only achieved, as he only averaged around one percent in most national polls. Uh, uh, Mr. Swalwell and Congressman Swalwell announced that he will be exiting the race and will focus on running for re-election in California's 15th congressional district in 2000 uh, and uh, in uh, 2020. Most uh, people believe that that will be a safe Democratic district and that that race won't flip. Um, What are your thoughts uh, on Eric Swalwell announcing uh, that he's going to withdraw his candidacy from the presidential race?
1: Um, My thoughts on Eric Swalwell is I actually was a little bit excited when he jumped into the race. Uh, First, I have to say I was a little ignorant. I was like, oh, God, another man (laughs) is entering the race. But I do appreciate him being a staunch supporter of gun control laws. I feel like that's actually missing in the Democratic platform. I think some Democrats are still wavering on being very like, look, I support gun control. I support buybacks. Um, I think we should have background checks. And I think he's been one of, the, one of the few candidates in the primary at the time that has been honest about where he stands instead of trying to be, I would call like Republican light to kind of appease the NRA um, coalition. So I actually am going to miss his voice on h- hearing him talk about that. But at the same time, I just don't feel like he was an exciting candidate. I didn't appreciate his um, ages comments with um, Joe Biden. Um, I kind of get where he was coming from, like it's time for a new generation of voters. But I'm very big on respecting your elders and respecting people that have been serving in politics for years after year after year. Joe Biden's been doing it for forty years, and I think he deserves respect. I mean, you can criticize him on his policies, of course, but I'm big on respecting people that have been in the game for quite some time. Um, and I was I was actually a little taken back that he dropped out so quickly because when he first entered in the race, he said, I'm running to win. So, like, for a person saying, I'm running to win, I don't understand why he would give up so quickly. I understand his polling is at 1%, but so are several other Democratic candidates, and they're still in the game. So I just feel like he maybe should have waited until we got to maybe – the third or fourth the debate to decide if he wanted to stay in or not.
0: All right. Um, why don't we uh, move on? Uh, so uh, while one Democrat gets in a, or wh- while one Democrat gets out, another one seems to be getting in. Uh, billionaire businessman, Tom Steyer announced on Tuesday that he will be a candidate for the presidency. Back in January, Tom Steyer announced that he would not be a candidate for the presidency. However, Steyer has uh, since changed his mind and has announced that he will be seeking out the presidency uh, in 2020. Uh, the 62-year-old uh, now being the, uh, the 62-year-old billionaire businessman was known for running a pro-impeachment of Donald Trump campaign. Uh, he spent millions and millions of dollars on ads in Times Square. Uh, he spent billions and millions and millions of dollars on ads on uh, social media mm-hmm. uh, in order to run a campaign to try and get Trump impeached. He tried to get people to sign a petition to get Donald Trump impeached. Uh, now he is saying that he will be the latest candidate for the presidency. What are your thoughts?
1: The um, first thing I want to say is I think I might have been one of those people that signed the petition to impeach Donald Trump. I think there's a litany of um, evidence to prove that he should be impeached. But that said...
0: The words uh, he used in a video.
1: In his video. I'm sorry, can you repeat that?
0: I think those were the words he used in a video.
1: Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do recall signing something, and I think it was Tom side. I think I went to his website to you know, impeach him um but as far as Tom Sire, I actually like him I'm not he's not one of the billionaires that gets on my nerves I actually think he comes from a, a genuine place and I do think he really cares about our country and I do think he is um big is serious about ending corruption in our politics he um I mean I, I actually have a quote he said back in January that um Um, He wanted to end corruption in our democracy by corporations and give more power to the American people. And I I 100% agree with that. I know that um, Bernie Sanders said to MSNBC after um, Tom announced, he said he was a bit tired of seeing billionaires trying to buy political power. And Elizabeth Warren said the Democratic primary shouldn't be decided by billionaires, whether they're funding super PAC or funding themselves. Um, she said this via email to a Mother Jones, if you're a billionaire, you can already buy yourself a mansion, a private island, even a yacht to get yourself there. Um, I understand some of the criticism that comes from the left that, you know, is very critical of people like Tom Steyer or like Michael Bloomberg uh, for being billionaires. Um, but I also think like if people worked hard and earned their money, they shouldn't be shamed for that. Um So I'm excited to see where he's going to go. I know he's going to focus a lot on one impeaching Trump, Um, but I also think he will also take seriously ending corruption. And I I do want to see more issues from him, like where he stands on gun control. I believe he has a track record of saying he's for gun gun control. I want to hear more of an economic plan for him. I want to hear how he would solve some of our culture issues in our country, like police brutality, income inequality, which is actually an economic issue. Um, where he stands on climate change. Um, so we'll see where it goes. I'm, I'm curious if he'll be able to, to make the the upcoming debate or maybe he'll be in by the third one. We'll see. But I think he just entered to really kind of shake things up because I I have a feeling he's frustrated that the Democratic candidates are not talking enough about impeaching Trump.
0: Uh, all right. Uh, why don't we uh, move on then uh... so obviously there is a big presidential uh, election uh... in two thousand uh... in twenty uh... but right now uh, but don't forget about the down ballot congressional
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, is of course uh... republicans trying to retain the u s house of representatives democrats trying to retain uh... u s senate uh, obviously republicans trying to hold on to the senate democrats trying to hold on to the house Uh, Well, we now have uh, a couple updates out of some of the elections uh, that uh, are happening. Now, Uh, obviously Wyoming not expected to flip, uh, but there could be a potentially competitive Republican primary there uh, Mm -hmm. as uh, the uh, incumbent. uh, has announced, uh, that he will not be running for another term. Um, uh, yeah, Mike Enzi, uh, the incumbent who, uh, got in, in 1997 has announced he will not be running for a fifth term. Um, uh, so this week we know one Republican that is going to get in, former U.S. Representative Cynthia Loomis announced her candidacy. It is rumored right now that uh, that uh, uh, U.S. sitting uh, Wyoming U.S. representative and daughter of former Vice President Dick Cheney, Liz Cheney, uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: will get in uh, to the race, which could make this uh, primary potentially competitive. Uh, though this is a state Donald Trump won by a wide margin, which uh, decreases the likelihood uh, that it uh, could end up being a competitive race. Most people believe it will stay in Republican hands easily. Um, And uh, in the Kansas Senate race, again, Donald Trump won the state of Kansas by 20 points. However, Democrats uh, still see... Uh, a, a target of opportunity uh, as uh, incumbent Pat Roberts has announced he'll retire after four terms. Uh, also, uh, the win of Laura Kelly, uh, a Democrat in the gubernatorial race, has given uh, Democrats some hope. Um, right now, as we reported last week, uh, U.S. Attorney Barry Grism got in Well, now we know that a second Democrat, former U.S. Representative Nancy Boyda, will be running. We also know that another Republican will be running, Chris Kobach, the former Secretary of State of Kansas, uh, who narrowly lost the gubernatorial election uh, to Laura Kelly in 2018. He will be running for U.S. Senate. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's not all. Uh, In Tennessee, uh, obviously... uh, this is a state Donald Trump won by a landslide. However, um, many Democrats still see a slim target of opportunity uh, in Tennessee, uh, as Tennessee was considered competitive during the 2018 uh, midterms, uh, as the early 2018 election, Senate election in Tennessee uh, was considered competitive Uh, and with Lamar Alexander, the incumbent Republican, uh, declining to run uh, for a fourth term. Democrats see a slim target of opportunity here. Uh, But right now we know one Republican that will be running to try and hold this seat, the sitting uh, United States ambassador to Japan, Bill Hadgerty. Uh, has announced his, cannabis, his candidacy for the seat, making him the first major Republican uh, to run for the seat. Donald Trump announced uh, that he'd be running via Twitter and endorsed Adger-T. Um Also, in Virginia, uh, this is a... Uh, a State where uh, Hillary Clinton won in 2016 uh, and Mark Warner uh, the sitting Democrat is running for a third term uh, but uh, right now uh, Republicans see, a, uh, see an, a target of opportunity to beat Mark Warner uh, as they came just a point away from beating him in 2014 Scott Taylor the former congressman has announced that uh, he will run. Uh, And uh, finally, uh, in the state of Kentucky, this is the state where uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is seeking out a seventh term uh, in the U.S. Senate. Amy McGrath, uh, a candidate for the U.S. House, uh, who came uh, extremely close to winning an overwhelmingly Republican district has announced that she will be uh, uh, running uh, against Mitch McConnell. What are your thoughts on these Senate updates, and uh, what do you think the? How do you think? What, what do you think are Democrats' chances? How likely are Democrats to get back the Senate in 2020?
1: Um, first, I want to say you know a lot about all these local elections and. So good for you. (laughs) Um, You're very prolific with your information. I actually want to start with Virginia because that's actually my state. Um, They're always saying that um, Virginia is a toss-up state, but Democrats have been winning that state for the past couple of years. Mark Warner is very popular in our state, and I understand there's like a one-point difference between him and his competitor, Scott Taylor. But I don't think the Republicans actually have a chance of winning Virginia. For 2020, I think Mark is going to be able to keep his seat. Um, I've noticed just being in this state, I've seen a huge difference from when Republicans used to control our state. Nothing was getting done. They actually messed up our education budget. Um, In my area alone, I live in Manassas, we have to pay an extra tax on our retail. Like if you go to Starbucks or something, you have to pay an extra 10% tax because Republicans completely... Demolished the education budget that we have. And we've been, it was a shortfall a few years ago, and we've been trying to recoup ever since. Um, so I, I just don't think that that's going to be, I don't think actually they have any chance of winning Virginia. I think it's going to remain in the Democrats' hand. As far as for Mark um, Warner C. seat, um, locally, I guess in Virginia, yes, they will be able to probably control because there is a huge difference between Southern Virginia and Northern Virginia. It's like it's night and day. Northern Virginia is more suburbs close to D.C., Um, Southern Virginia is a more rural area, Um, so I can see that it's going to be maybe more competitive in the local seats, but as far as on the national level, I don't think that they're going to win. I don't think Scott's going to win at all. Um, You mentioned Wyoming. I'm actually not very familiar with that state and what's going on in that state, but in general, I think Democrats shouldn't give up on any seats. I think they should try Each and every time I'm actually fed up with the party that they just automatically assume they're not going to win. There's been times where they didn't even have a candidate for a seat. Like you can at least try and see where you go. There are liberals and progressives and moderate Democrats in every state and in every county, in every city. You should not just assume that you have no chance of winning. Like you should not automatically say, oh, we've lost this before you've even before you've even tried. I mean because back in the day in the 50s and the 60s and you know the 70s and even the 80s Democrats used to win in a lot of um, heartland states a lot of flyover states I don't know when they decided like it's over for us I guess after Ronald Reagan won the presidency twice they just decided we just have no chance to get back these states but I think that's untrue you can see in the last um, midterm elections we won Kansas we won a couple of other states that they thought that or we want. We want to see in Arizona the governorship, so I don't understand why they still don't get. Like if you try, if you reach out and you talk to people, you have a chance of possibly winning. All you have to do is try.
0: All right. Uh, With that, why don't we...
1: uh... Oh, can I, I'm sorry, say something really quick about the Kentucky race um, with Amy McGrath against Mitch McConnell. I really, really like her as a candidate, um, but I know she is facing a controversy that broke yesterday. I guess she said if she was in the position to vote for Brett Kavanaugh, although she believed um, Miss Ford, she would probably still vote for um, Brett Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court seat, and then I know she then later backtracked from that statement. That's another problem I have with candidates. Whatever you say, just stick to it and own it because all, all the flip-flopping is not going to help you. I would say look to Mitt Romney. He used to flip-flop on a lot of issues but at the end of the day, I'm also hearing that now the Democratic Party is concerned because of her original comment about voting for Brett she, or she would vote for Brett Kavanaugh and now they're looking at the other candidates that are also running in the primary. Um, I feel like they shouldn't give up on her. I still think she's a very good candidate. I think I love her military background. I love that she's unapologetic about serving her country. I think that's actually missing from the Democratic Party. We need more patriotism in our, in our party and more being proud that you did serve your country for those who did serve in the military. So I hope they don't give up on her and try to look at another candidate because, one, I don't want to be caught up in chaos as well because Republicans are going to slam that flame that fire, like, oh, look at the Democrats, they're in disarray, they can't even decide on a candidate, so I don't want them to give up on her, I think she can still, she can get through this controversy at the moment.
0: Uh, all right, uh, well then, let's uh, move on to the next story. Uh, so, Ross Perot, uh, the, uh, the uh, businessman mogul, uh, has uh, officially died. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perot uh, was considered a, uh, a huge figure in the political field. Uh, Perot ran for president uh, in 1992, uh, and at one point was leading both then mm-hmm. Arkansas Governor Bill Clinton, who was the Democratic nominee, and then President George Herbert Walker Bush, who was the Republican nominee. Uh, though his poll numbers did go down after he briefly dropped out, uh, Perot ended up getting uh, 15, Ended up getting eighteen uh, percent in uh, the uh, general election in nineteen ninety-six. Uh, Perot ran again, uh, and by the way, that was the last time that a candidate broke ten uh, percent or got more than ten percent uh, in a general election. Mm -hmm. Um, er, er, that was the last time a third party candidate got more than 10%. He ran four years later as the reform party nominee challenging now president Bill Clinton. Once again, the democratic nominee and Bob Dole, the Republican nominee and the Kansas Senator. Uh, although, uh, he eventually only got 8% uh, of the vote this time. Uh, uh, Perot uh, died at age 89. What are your thoughts on the death of Ross Perot?
1: Um, I think it's a huge loss for um, our political environment. He was a giant in politics, in my opinion. I actually remember I was a kid then. I remember him running, and I remember being enthralled by his speeches. And like, who is this man that's like trying to take over this establishment? I know my mom uh, was also intrigued as, as well. And I believe she says she voted for him. When I asked her like two years ago, I feel like randomly, mom, you remember when you said you voted for Ross Perot? She was like, I never voted for him. I think it's because later on, you know, he got a reputation of being a bit of a, some people would call him a kook. I don't, I don't ever think he was a kook. I think he was a man that stood up to the establishment um and he called out the corruption he called out the cr- crony capitalism he was uh to me a leader in a populist movement like he kind of I, i'm seeing a lot in the media that he kind of like start probably was the pinnacle of wh- how we have trump now i don't necessarily agree with that but i can see some of the uh, similarities as far as populism he was against nato but he was also pro-choice he was one of the few people back then to
0: Hello.
1: Uh, during those times to be um, for gay rights because back then you know people were still quite homophobic. Um, so I actually miss him. I miss having voices like him in politics that you know one knows what they're talking about and um, and it's unafraid to to stand up um, to the establishment. I would um, tell people to go on YouTube. He has a lot of great interviews. I know during the times when he ran for a candidate, he used to make these really long videos talking about the environment, talking about trade, talking about fiscal policy. He was very big on f- fiscal policy and, you know, working on our deficit. He f- felt like it was just out of control, the spending that the government was doing. So I miss Ross Perot. Um, I know some people are a little upset with him because they believe he voted for Donald Trump. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't really care. People can vote for whoever they want to vote for. But I think he was a very important person in politics, and I'm going to miss him.
0: All right. And with that, uh, we are going to move on uh, to the next story. So uh, Labor Secretary Alex uh, Acosta... uh, has uh, officially resigned uh, as in his position uh, as labor secretary. Uh, The reason is because of the recent Jeffrey Epstein controversy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Acosta is now being uh, blamed for a a, uh, plea deal he made when he was a U.S. attorney for the Southern District of Florida uh, he made a plea deal that uh, gave uh, um, that gave Epstein just 13 months in prison. Um, uh, many people called on him to resign. Uh, Acosta now announcing that he will resign uh, within less than seven days. Uh, right now, it's looking like Patrick Pizzella will become the acting mm-hmm. uh, Secretary of Labor. Uh, on uh, July 19, 2019. What are your thoughts on uh, Alex Acosta's uh, resignation?
1: He made the right move to resign. He had to go. His decision with um, Epstein's um, so-called conviction where he got 13 months in prison, but he got a really peachy keen deal where he could leave at times to conduct business. And it was nonsense. He'd never even, um, and he was required by law he was supposed to notify the victims, the alleged victims that had pressed charges against Epstein of the deal he was going to make. Um, Acosta, he never, let me start over. Acosta never told the alleged victims the deal he was going to make with Epstein, which I believe is illegal. He was supposed to notify them about that. One, to let them know he would be out of jail at certain points in time because they have to, the victims have to think about their safety. You're supposed to tell them like, when someone that you've pressed charges against might be free, might be in your area, et cetera, et cetera. And second of all, um, I mean, the story altogether is just, it's really disgusting. It's demoralizing. And I'm actually quite over our country just does not protect people that make claims of being sexually um, assaulted. And I just feel like our country as a whole needs to take those cases more seriously. I think it was right for him to resign because it was taking away from the Trump um, administration and what it, things that are on their agenda, because then we're just talking about this this controversy. Um, I don't think Trump pushed him to resign. Some people are saying that. I don't think Trump cares. <laughs> you can just look at his past record of him defending people that had been accused of sexual assault. Roy Moore comes to mind. So, and he even defended him after um, Acosta made his um, statement that he was resigning. And then Trump said, I don't think it's right and fair to this administration. Um, I thought he did a fantastic job. He explained it. He made a deal people were happy with. I, and he just kind of went on and on. It's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why do you feel the need to defend them? Just say, you know, he made the right decision and we're going to, we're, we're moving on. So I'm glad he's gone. I'm not crying no rivers of tears. So it was time for him to, to go because, like I said, it was impacting Trump's agenda, like, because all we're doing is talking about that particular controversy. And I actually think Epstein, I mean, not Epstein, Acosta needs to be investigated as well for the decision he made with Epstein's plea deal.
0: Okay. Uh, so why don't we uh, we move on to the next uh, story? So obviously we've talked a little bit about uh, some of the, uh, the Senate races uh, and we've talked about some of the uh, uh, and we've talked about the presidential race, uh, but now we are going to talk uh, about the uh, gubernatorial elections uh, in two thousand uh, twenty. Uh, right now, um, multiple uh, people, or right now there are multiple races uh, which are looking uh, competitive. Uh, one of which is Montana. Steve Bullock, the incumbent Democrat. Uh, is retiring republicans see a target of opportunity uh... to uh... pick up this uh... governorship uh... in a uh... state that um, uh... donald trump won by twenty one points uh... this week mike cooney however democrats still see a target of opportunity as no republican has held uh... office here since uh or has no Republican has won a gubernatorial election since 2004. Mm -hmm. Um, Right now, Mike Cooney, the lieutenant governor uh, of uh, Montana, has declared his candidacy, uh, making the race even more competitive uh, right now. Uh, We also have an update in the Indiana uh, gubernatorial election. Uh, obviously, Eric Holcomb, the sitting Republican, running for re-election. But Democrats see an op- a target of opportunity to potentially uh, beat uh, Holcomb. Holcomb only won by about six points uh, in 2016. And uh, right now, uh, Democrats see a target of opportunity for a potentially competitive Gubernatorial election here. Woody Myers, the former state health commissioner, has become the first major Democrat uh, to declare his candidacy uh, against Holcomb. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, on uh, on uh, these two uh, gubernatorial elections?
1: Um. I think that we actually do have a chance of winning the Mon- Montana seat, because as you've said, we've um, been winning it for, you know, a couple of election cycles now. So I think if Democrats press hard and stay focused, I think they'll be able to secure that seat in, Mon- in Montana, whether it's Cooney or the, there, I know there are other two people in the primary running against them. One woman is named Raleigh Neal, and then there's another gentleman named Casey Sreenar. Sh- I'm not sure if I pronounced his name okay. right. Sorry, uh,
0: in the house i'm sorry what yeah he's the minority leader in the house casey schreiner yeah
1: thank you um so again as i said earlier democrats just need to go for it (laughs) and also don't be unapologetic about your record again there are liberals and progressives everywhere in this country just say what your message is and let people decide for themselves what they want to choose. But I do think we'll be able to keep the Montana seat. I have a feeling that Mike Cooney is going to win the primary and that he's going to end up being the candidate for the, for the race, for the um governorship. So I actually think we'll be able to keep that. As far as Indiana, I think we, um it's 50-50 because I think, because Mike Pence used to be the governor of Indiana. And I think that, he is still standing that state. I think people are still very upset with him. So I think um, Democrats can use that. (laughs) You know, like, do you really want to go back to the days of having someone like Mike Pence uh, running your state? Mike Pence didn't really do that great of a job running their state. Um, As you can remember, the controversy with him when he tried to pass the religious um, freedom law where it's basically saying... um, businesses can invoke their religious beliefs and discriminate against other people in particular lgbt people to lgbtq plus community so again they just need to try <laughs> like there's nothing wrong with trying i hope we're able to win win montana indiana kansas kentucky I, I i believe that democrats have an opportunity but our our the party just has this um ability to just be Downtrodden in the way, like they just don't believe in themselves, they don't have good confidence. And I need for them to pick up their confidence and believe in themselves. Republicans always believe they're going to win, they never think, Oh, nope, we're, we're probably going to lose that election. Nope, they always try in almost every single election, and we just need to do the same.
0: All right, um, so uh, with that uh, in the way, uh, let's uh, move. On uh, to the next story. So, the next story involves the 2020 Democratic uh, debates. So, uh, as you know, a couple weeks ago, about two weeks ago, there were, or maybe a little bit more than that, there were some uh, debates for the Democrats that were held on MSNBC. It was two nights of debates. Well, we now know. that the, uh, well, now that there's going to be another debate uh, on July uh, 30th, let me see if I can pull up the details.
1: Is this Uh, next uh, debate going to be in Detroit?
0: Yeah, it's going to be in Detroit. Um, However, we now know where the third one will be taking place uh, as well. Uh, That one, which will be broadcast on ABC in September uh, will officially be held uh, in, uh, uh, in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the requirements to meet the debates have been upped. Uh, you need, I believe, about 130 signatures, and you need to be uh, polling, uh, in at le- polling at 2% in at least, I believe, three polls certified by the Democratic National Committee, um, which means that this could... Uh, bar some uh, Democrats uh, from the debate stage. Uh, let me see. The second one is going to be, like you said, in Detroit. Um, it's going to be held on MSNBC on July 30th and July 31st. Uh, right now... I think
1: that one's going to be on CNN, the second debate.
0: Yeah, yes, you're right. Sorry about that. Uh, I misspoke. But... Um, yes so uh there's that one um and uh so far uh right now the the requirements for this debate are the same as the last debate you need to be polling at one percent and at least a couple national and at least i believe three national polls certified by the democratic national committee uh uh so far uh it's looking like um the uh majority of democrats it so far it looks like uh joe biden uh obviously has met both requirements as has vermont senator bernie sanders massachusetts senator elizabeth warren uh california senator kamala harris south bend indiana mayor p Buttigieg, uh former texas congressman beto o'rourke new jersey senator cory booker minnesota senator amy klobuchar uh former uh, U.S. Secretary of Housing and Urban Development Julian Castro, businessman Andrew Yang, Hawaii Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard, uh, New York Senator Kirsten Jawbrand, Washington Governor Jay Inslee, and uh, author Marianne Williamson. Uh, Right now, uh, Tim Ryan uh, has met one of the requirements. He's met the polling requirement, though he hasn't met the donor requirement. Uh, John... Hickenlooper, uh, the former governor of Colorado, also has met the polling requirement, though he has not met the uh, donor requirement. Uh, many people believe uh, that it is likely that uh, meeting one requirement will get you into the debates, as many of the candidates mm-hmm. in the last uh, debate did not meet the, the polling requirements. Uh, Tim Ryan. I also, uh, or sorry, I already talked about him, former Maryland Congressman John Delaney, again, meeting the polling requirements, not meeting the requirements in terms of, uh, in terms of, um, in terms of donors, uh, but still meeting the polling requirements, increasing his likelihood of being on the debate stage again. Same thing with uh, New York, New York Mayor Bill de Blasio, Colorado Senator uh, uh, in Colorado, Senator Michael Bennett. Uh, but right now, there are some more news, because right now, Steve Bullock, the Montana governor, uh, <laughs> who did not make the last debates, remember he was controversially mm-hmm. not accepted uh, into the debates last time, uh, he, um, he has met the polling requirements, getting over 1% in at least five national polls. Uh, however, it's up to the DNC to decide if he will be in the debates right debate or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, last night, Alaska, uh, former Alaska Senator Mike Gravel, you remember him, he's the 89-year-old.
1: Oh, yes, uh, I forgot about him.
0: Who said he doesn't want to be president, but <laughs> wants to end up on the debate stage so he can uh, attack bigger candidates like Joe Biden, who he's been a vocal critic. Uh, of, uh, in terms of his uh, voting record. Um, Gravel has officially made the donor requirements. He hasn't made the polling requirements, but he has made the donor requirements. Uh, last night during a Twitch live stream, uh, Gravel surpassed 65,000 uh, signatures uh, or, uh, surpassed 65,000 single person donors which means that he has met one of the requirements uh to end up on the debate stage again he hasn't met the polling requirements but he has mm-hmm. met one of the two requirements which could increase his likelihood of being <laughs> on the next debate stage however of course it will be up to the democratic national committee to decide uh if he will end up in the next uh, debate. Uh, What are your thoughts uh, on the the third Democratic debate being held in Houston? And what are your thoughts on uh, this current Democratic debate featuring uh, Montana, uh, how it might be featuring Montana Governor Steve Bullock and former Alaska Senator Mike Um, Well,
1: I'll start with Steve Bullock. I actually listened to an interview of him recently. I think it was on Pod Save America and he gave a great um interview and he really outlined all his plans on climate change on fiscal policy on healthcare um i think he is really kind of like how eric Stalwall should have been more dignified more prepared <laughs> with his answers um so i would actually like to see him in the election cuz i want i want a mixture i want to see progressive candidates i want to see moderate candidates up there i want to see um some fiscal hawks up there like i want A diverse um, choice to choose from so I hope he makes it Um, as far as Mike Gravel I appreciate him as far as an American and free speech and all that but if you're not seriously really wanting to be president I need you to get out (laughs) I need you to step aside and stop playing games we are trying the Democratic Party is trying to make sure that Donald Trump is not elect, re-elected. That is our goal. We don't have time for all these, these side games. He can go off and be a political commentator if he wants to, but I need for him to step aside. I don't want him in the debate if he's not actually serious about it. Um, I'm glad that we're in Houston. I think that, again, Texas is a state that Democrats don't try as hard enough to win as I think they could because, as I've been watching the, um, the elections over the last couple of years, Democrats are getting closer and closer, like, um, to winning seats and In some places they have won seats. Um, Beto O'Rourke came two points to winning, um, the seat in the Senate against Ted Cruz. That is, you know, un, was unheard of that no one thought you could get two points close to winning a Senate seat. A Democrat, we haven't won. I can't even remember the last time. We won't, hasn't won. has it been what since the seventies. um, so I, I'm glad we're in Houston. Houston is also a very diverse area, and our party is is very diverse. So I think um, that that was a good choice. I also think us going to Detroit for the second debate was a good choice as well. Um, they have a Detroit still is facing a lot of issues there, um, so. I think it's good for us to show our faces there and let that let that area know and that state Michigan in general to know that we have not, the Democrats have not forgotten about you. We're here to talk about your issues on both the local level and the national level. So I'm excited about the next couple of debates. I do think we need to start getting a little bit more serious about some of the qualifications. I think as we get to like the third or fourth or fifth debate, you need to either make both qualifications, polling and money. It can't be one or the other because there's so many people. We still have like 24 candidates in the race right now. We, it's time to start whittling people down so that we can really get more opportunity to hear from the candidates on the stage right now with 10 people and we have them to split it into two. It's really hard to really um, hear the issues. The candidates don't have that long to talk. They only get like 15 to 30 seconds. Um to speak because there's so many people and I, I'm ready to get it whittled down to like five or six people on the stage so that we can I can really hear an outline of their agenda and how they're going to pay for it how it's why it's good for the country etc
0: all right um, so uh, why don't we move on then so the
1: uh... and by the way Bill de Blasio I, I'm ready for him to leave Wait,
0: <laughs> I just please. he doesn't
1: serve a point to me so
0: okay uh... so why don't we uh... move on then so the house judiciary committee board uh... has uh... Voted, uh... to authorize uh, uh... subpoenas to a dozen individuals mm-hmm. uh... related to the trump uh... administration one of which is trump's son-in-law jared kushner uh Kushner has now uh been subpoenaed by the House uh Judiciary Panel uh by a 21 uh to 12 vote uh in the uh House Judiciary Committee uh, uh House Judici- Judiciary Chairman Jerry Nadler uh issued subpoenas to three uh, uh officials um, uh And uh, now uh, Trump uh, pushing uh, back against these uh, subpoenas, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, arguing that uh, he has immunity. Uh, What are your thoughts on this?
1: Okay, first of all, Trump does not have immunity. No one has immunity when it comes to the Constitution and it comes to law. Um, So they're just going to have to suck it up. As far as the subpoenas, I am a hundred percent on agreement with it because there's just a lot of fishiness going on with this administration from the time of the campaign until up to the election when he was inaugurated and then into his presidency. Um I'm very skeptical about the ties that they have to Russia. I don't think these are just a convenient um what's the word? It's not convenience, but I don't think like, oh, by happenstance you just happen to have all these relationships with all these Russians. And Russia is an adversary to our to our country. I think we need to look at that. Like I've I've read up on how we um Russia tried to hack several um voting systems. I think they tried they hacked um Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, um Wisconsin, and I think some other states. They can't prove if they actually tampered with it or tried to change um votes, but I'm like, well, what was the point of them hacking? to begin with. They didn't just hack just to look at the information. I'm sure they tried to do something. So I'm for it. And I'm also, you know, Trump even said himself that during the election, he was um, talking to Russia because he wanted to open a hotel. Well, you're not supposed to be doing that while you're running for president, like trying to figure out how you can enrich yourself. You're supposed to be focusing on running for president. And so I agree with it. Um, I also know, let me just get my information here real quickly. Um, so, I think they issued 12. There were 12 key, key witnesses with the subpoenas, including Jared Kushner. But they also, in addition, they said there's a guy named, in addition to Pecker and Howard. I'm sorry, I'm, I just lost my information here. Oh, I think they also want to subpoena Corey Lewandowski, who also worked for the Trump campaign. He was his um, campaign manager. They're looking to subpoena him as well. And I know there's a couple of other folks that they're looking into subpoena and i say they should i i i'm not i'm hoping they don't find anything because i never want to wish that any of our government officials are up to no good in committing fraud and corruption even though i completely disagree with the trump administration and all the folks that are associated with that administration but i think we have to look the Mueller report was very damning damning to the trump administration it's trump in particular he was not exonerated i know he likes to say that but he wasn't Mueller actually said if i didn't find any crimes against trump i would have said so but his back was against the wall in terms of the constitution and it's up to congress to take over so we'll see where it goes um i'm sure republicans will use this in their campaigning to call this um against Trump and democracy. And then once again, fake news and that Democrats are just making things up because they don't have a platform, et cetera, et cetera. But look, they they investigated Hillary Clinton over and over when it came to the Benghazi scandal and to the email scandal. House Democrats have every right to look into his ties with Russia and to the um, some of the fraud things with um, Dutch Bank and There's so much (laughs) like it's so much I could go on for days, but I don't have time, obviously, to do that. So I'm fine with it.
0: All right. Um, Any other stories you want to talk about?
1: Any other stories I want to talk about? My overall thing that I want to say is I just need Democrats to be proud to be Democrats. I think sometimes Democrats have the ability to they are constantly apologizing, constantly on defense. Stop being on defense. Stand up for who you are. This is my policy. I believe in climate change. I believe in universal health care. I believe, you know, in trade, whatever the case is. Like, stand up for yourself. Like, you don't have to, Republicans never apologize. We also don't have to go about this campaign in a kumbaya way. Be aggressive. I know people got mad at Kamala because she went after Joe Biden in the debate about his history with working with segregationists. And he was against the um, federal interference for busing, and people got mad at her. Like, how dare you go after Biden? It's his record. (laughs) She can go out. That's the whole point. This is a competition. We're they're competing to be president of the United States of America. So, I just want the Democrats again stop apologizing. Stand up for yourself. Be proud to be a Democrat. Be proud if you're a liberal, if you're a progressive, if you consider yourself a socialist. Don't apologize. who you are republicans don't apologize and also get in the game compete everywhere we can possibly compete i do think we have a chance to make sure trump is not re-elected i think we have a chance to win the house we have a chance to win the senate we just need to focus but it's also okay to be critical of other people in the race it's also okay for um nancy pelosi and um aoc to have a little bit of a dissent with each other that's good for democracy i always say Dissent is good for democracy. We should agree and disagree in a respectful manner, and get your point across. And whoever makes the the best argument is going to be the one that wins. You know, so that's all I wish for the for the party. Is just you know, be proud of who you are.
0: All right. Uh, before we go, do you want to tell people where you can be found?
1: Yes, I can be found on social media. I am on Twitter. My um, Twitter handle is the Kiana Fulton and Kiana spelled Q U I A N A. That's also the same name for my Instagram as well. It's um, the Kiana Fulton. Um, you can even just Google me. My social media will come up. All of my writing um, will come up as well. And you can find me on all podcast channels under Still Ungrateful. All
0: right. Thank you again for joining me, Kiana Fulton. Thank you. Thank
1: you so much. I really I had a nice time talking with you. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye.
0: The indicators that are being used from GDP to Wall Street's rankings is not helping people in my community. It is about time that we have economy that works for everybody, not just the wealthiest
1: in our nation.
2: He is considered a rising star in the Democratic Party by many. A bachelor who served as a mayor and a senator, he now hopes to be America's second black president. Who is Cory Booker, the New Jersey senator hoping to win the White House? The candidates. Keep America great. Their story. Yeah, you're
0: always, when you're young, you're always, patted on the head and told that you're the future but I'm interested in what you
1: can bring to the present
2: and their fight for the White House
1: I have the most progressive
0: record of anybody running if you look at Joe's record and you look at my record I don't think there's much question about who's more progressive
2: presidential profiles 2020 how we could actually make this government work not just for a thin slice at the top but make it work for everyone else I
1: think that sure if people want to speculate speculate about running mates i encourage that because i think that joe biden would be a great running mate as vice president
2: corey anthony booker was born on the 27th of april 1969 in washington dc to carolyn and carrie he grew up in harrington park New Jersey. He pursued a career in varsity, basketball and was featured in a USA Today magazine. He pursued a liberal arts degree in at Sanford University whilst playing football at the school. He eventually received a scholarship to Oxford University. After graduating, he temporarily moved to Connecticut, joining activist groups fighting for low-income people. After completing this, He moved to Newark, where he ran for municipal council. Although he was considered a long shot throughout the campaign, Booker successfully managed to defeat longtime incumbent George Branch. Booker went on a 10-day hunger strike. Eventually, in 2002, Booker declined to run for re-election, instead running for mayor of Newark against incumbent Democratic Mayor Sharp James. James called Booker a Republican who took money from the KKK and Taliban, who's collaborating with the Jews to take over Newark. Newark's residents criticized Booker for not understanding the area. Eventually, Booker lost by 53-47% margin, though the story was adapted into the Oscar-nominated documentary Street Fight. Booker announced he'd run again in 2006. Sharp retired to focus on his state Senate seat. Booker beat Deputy Mayor Ronald Rice with over 72% of the vote. First
0: of all, uh, I think Cory Booker is an outstanding mayor. Uh, He's doing great work in Newark uh, and obviously helping to to turn that city As Mayor,
2: Booker took on a more moderate approach to policy, with many calling him a libertarian-leaning Democrat. He was famous for supporting charter schools, a position unpopular in his party. In 2010, he won re-election, beating Essex County Prosecutor Clifford J. Minor with over 59% of the vote. In 2012, Booker made headlines after he saved a woman from a burning building. The story launched him into stardom. Immediately, many speculated he could eventually become a candidate for president, and that he may be the next Barack Obama. In 2013, Booker got his big break after the death of longtime Senator Frank Lautenberg. Booker announced finally that he'd be running for Senate. Booker faced a large Democratic primary for the seat. New Jersey Assembly Speaker Sheila Oliver, Congressman Rush Holt, and Congressman Frank Palone all threw their hats in the ring. In spite of this, Booker won the primary with over 59% of the vote. In the general election, He faced former Republican mayor of Bogota, New Jersey Steve Lonergan. He beat Lonergan by a 55 to 44 percent margin. In spite of his previous record, Booker took more progressive stances in Congress advocating for reparations for defendants of slaves and marijuana legalization. The New York Times ranked him as the third most liberal senator though he took more hawkish stances on Iran.
1: On many days that I uh, come down to Washington, uh, brokenhearted and very angry.
2: In 2014, Booker ran for a full term, taking on the likes of Republican political consultant Jeff Bell. He beat Bell by a 56 to 42 percent margin. In spite of rumors that Booker would run for president in 2016, he declined, instead endorsing former U.S. Secretary of State for New York Senator and former U.S. First Lady Hillary Clinton. Clinton won the nomination, and Booker was rumored to be her running mate for Vice President, though Virginia Senator, former Governor and former Richmond Mayor Tim Kaine was later chosen instead. Clinton went on to lose to Republican New York businessman Donald Trump. Former DNC Chair Donna Brazil confirmed she considered kicking Clinton off the ticket to include a new ticket featuring Booker alongside U.S. Vice President and former Delaware Senator Joe Biden in 2020, however, Booker made a huge announcement.
1: I'm Cory Booker and I'm running for President of the United States of America.
2: Interestingly, Booker may also run for re-election in the U.S. Senate at the same time in 2020 as no law in New Jersey prohibits that. Now, he hopes to be America's 46th president. For more presidential profiles 2020, keep it right here on Politics Weekly.